Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Be the bull. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Started the show talking about the Knicks and Nets. Knicks get the win in Minnesota, shooting a bunch of threes. Julius Randle had a huge night, and just their inconsistency, though, that's the problem with the Knicks. On a night like last night, where Randle is going to go 8 of 13 from downtown, they're going to look good. I mean, he scored, what, 76 points in the first half of that game? I mean, that's something that... It's it's an aberration. It's not sustainable, and the three ball can do that. It's fool's gold, but the Knicks for a night had fun with a little fool's gold. R.J. Barrett was pretty good as well. Jalen Brunson has been consistent and solid. He had 23 points and eight assists. Anyway, Knicks get the win. The Nets choked one away. Kevin Durant had an opportunity to finish off a tremendous comeback late in that game where Cam Thomas was playing really well. You know, Claxton had a solid game, but Durant and Cam Thomas at the end trying to bring the Nets back um, uh, late against Dallas, and Durant had the chance at the free-throw line with three free-throws to tie the game, missed the second, and this was after he hit 62 in a row. So Durant choking at the free-throw line in a uh, rough spot, and, of course, the Nets end up losing that game to Dallas. Nets and Knicks go at it head-to-head Wednesday night in Brooklyn. So Knicks lose, excuse me, Knicks win, Nets lose. And we were talking about baseball free agency and the latest with Aaron Judge and Jacob deGrom and the offseason and really the Mets and Yankees plans will go as those two guys go. deGrom officially opting out and he is a free agent and the latest report from Andy Martino yesterday as they had him on Baseball Night New York on SNY at 6 o'clock live from the GM meetings was that the Mets are prepared to make DeGrom a substantial offer. The Mets are interested in bringing him back, but they don't know where DeGrom is at right now. 
And that's something that is going to have to be cleaned up here, the communication between the two sides. And the Mets are unsure if DeGrom wants more money, if DeGrom just wants out of New York, if DeGrom's going to be using the Mets to drive up the price. They don't know where they're at as far as what DeGrom is thinking. They know what they value the player at and where they're looking to go as far as an offer goes, but they have to figure it out from DeGrom's side of it. And it's a very tricky thing because the Mets do not want to be used. And if DeGrom you know, wants to go elsewhere, then the money won't matter. If he is just unhappy because he feels like he was underpaid, then you know what? Maybe the things could be patched up and DeGrom could come back. If you had asked me right now, gun in my head, do I think he comes back? I would say no, he doesn't want to. And that's just based on a lot of stuff that I've heard over the years and using some common sense with this latest from Andy because that to me, if the play, you know, like Edwin Diaz, why can't it be like Edwin Diaz who wanted to be here, wanted to be back? Mets paid him. He's the highest paid closer in the history of baseball or relief pitcher, as a matter of fact, highest paid relief pitcher in the history of baseball. Why didn't, you know, Diaz didn't need to go test free agency. He went to the Mets, said, I want to be here. The Mets wanted him back. They, they get it done in the five day window. With DeGrom, you just get the feeling, and look, it's okay to go talk to other teams, but. What is motivating DeGrom? What does he want? Does he want a new location? Does he want a different organization? Does he want money? If he just wanted more money, I think he would go to the Mets and say, hey, I want to be here, but this is what I want, value-wise. And he hasn't done that yet, which makes me think he wants out, which is initially what I heard anyway. And with Aaron Judge, you know Judge is this close. There's no need, even though I think Judge wants to be back with the Yankees, he might as well go out there and see what type of offers he can get, whether it's from the Giants or anybody else, and see what offer will set the bar and see then where the Yankees are at. Because you know Judge wants to be back with the Yankees, but he also wants to get paid. If all things are equal, I think he's staying in the Bronx. If there's a significant offer out there that trumps the Yankees' offer, then I think there's a possibility that he leaves. So we've done some free agent stuff, Knicks and Nets, and of course, Jets, as we still talk about their big win over the Bills on Sunday, the development of Zach Wilson, the Jets' defense moving forward where the Jets can land. At this point, I mean, I think you have to expect both the Jets and the Giants to be in a uh, playing in a wild card game at the very least, but to be in the NFL's postseason. Now, it's not going to be easy, especially for the Jets because of the landscape of the AFC, but right now, it would be a mess if we weren't sitting here uh, on that wild card weekend, enjoying two football games, including our locals, which is crazy to think. Now, we've done some other stuff as well. Xavier McKinney talking about his injury. Hey, I mean, what do you want the guy to do? It, it It's unfortunate, but it happens. I don't think driving an ATV is the most dangerous thing that you can do. And you could be shooting some hoops and get hurt. I mean, accidents do happen. So it's unfortunate. Enough guys get hurt during the season during games that you hate to have it happen when you're supposed to be resting up on a bye week and getting healthier. But that's you know really the first thing that's gone wrong for the Giants uh, this year with McKinney on a bye week hurting himself and he'll be out um, for a few weeks. Anyway, we've discussed a bunch of different topics. Whatever it is you want to discuss the rest of the way, we're going to 5 a.m. 877-337-6666. Look who it is to start us off this 4 o'clock hour. Stewart is in Brooklyn. Stewart, what do you have in store for us today? Let's just say this much. DeGrom, <laughs> if he wants out, he should just let, the, let it be known. I mean, don't you think? 
I mean, uh, yeah, like well, I think he will eventually. Right, but it's still, they should do it and get it over with, just like what Stevie Boy did with uh, Edwin Diaz. But this is not on. So the way that Andy said it yesterday, the way that I understood it, was that the Mets are prepared to make a substantial offer to DeGrom. They're basically waiting to hear from him to see if he has any interest in coming back or not. Right. And, uh, look. There's nothing they can do about that, Stuart. Ball's in his court. Yeah, the ball's in his court. Now, you were saying about Ray Ray being the best defensive shortstop you ever saw? Mm-hmm. Um, the best defensive shortstop I ever saw was Mark Belanger. Hmm. Of the ball. I mean, I've heard Orioles. of him. Yeah, I was going to say, with the Orioles. I've heard of him. I, don't, I can't say that I've watched him. I mean, uh, I know Ozzy Smith. I used to watch him. I used to watch the Orioles. Oh, I'll give you another uh, tidbit to think about. When I was a Mets fan, in the six, up until, like, Whenever I was an Oriole fan because I liked the Orioles and I liked Brooks and Frank Robinson, the Robinson boys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, wait, you we were a Mets go- and Orioles fan? Yep. And can and you imagine 69? What- I was going to oh say, Oh, my God, do- that was awesome. I, I won either way. I would have won, but I was pulling for the Mets a little bit more because I, you know who. The franchise. Oh, no, of course. No, I get that. But, but I, I, I love mean- the Orioles. I loved Earl Weaver. I love Frank Robinson, Boo Powell, Davey Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, Merv Rettman, who else? Well, you don't um, have to name the whole roster. Right? No, I get it. But I, I mean, this right, is then, news I mean, to me. Allie, you never mentioned this You never mentioned this before with the Orioles. And like you said, in 69, you had to go head-to-head there. Uh, that yeah, must have been difficult, difficult for you. I was rooting for Siva. Yeah. Well, then you yeah. got your wish. Well, it was, it was in... difficult because I liked both teams. But I was a Met fan. I started following the Earls back in like sixty six, sixty seven. Mm-hmm. They're all a, over the place. Oh, hey, listen! Back then, it was fun. It was fun watching baseball when it was being played. In my eyes, the proper way, not the. Did you hear Jeter's comments? Did you hear me talking about Jeter's comments on that uh, Drinking Kings, whatever the hell it's called, podcast? Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't catch all of it. What were you saying? Well, that Jeter, thing, no. yeah, that, that Jeter was on a um, a podcast called The Drink Champs with right. Noriega. You, you familiar with Noriega, Nori? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, right. He was on the podcast with Nori and was talking about how baseball's too analytical and he's you know, they, they, of course he's correct. You should go back and either listen to it or just watch the clips because uh-huh. he says a lot. Jeter says a lot of what I think fans would want to hear, as opposed to the fans getting sick over listening to Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone make excuses for what happened. Derek uh, Jeter yeah, basically says... was not the word. That was despicable, what they said. That it was, was despicable. Right, bl- yeah, blaming the injuries and thinking... That- the, the person who said Jeter should be in the Yankee organization running the show, that person, that person's one million percent correct. Jeter should be GM, not Cashman. Jeter would make things right. Jeter would know what to do. Jeter has a, a baseball mind since he was young, and he was I agree. the right way. I, I, I think he way. should be. I think he should be the president of the of the team. Personally, well, president or GM, either one. You know, mm-hmm. he, you don't have to boot Cashman out. Although I like to see the field goal attempt by Jan Stenerud. That would be cute. Jan Stenerud really cared to see the Chiefs 
Oh, that would be. Oh, let's see. Let's make it a 65-yard field goal with Cashman's head as the ball. And let's see it go through the uprights and see what happens then. Stewart, you're too mean. Foul. Enough already with Cashman, please. Enough. I know. I get it. Enough. I get it. Well, he's coming it's back. Guess what? He's what? coming back. Hey, you have the opportunity to change teams. You seem to do it on the regular anyway. Why don't you go back to the Mets or the Orioles? <laughs> what? Go back to the Mets or Orioles. Well, that might happen, right? I don't know. You tell me. That could that could happen. Uh, but you want to know what? Even if they did sign Judge, what else are they going to do? They're going to just stand pat and think they can run the same garbage back next year. The same trash. Yeah. And that, I, I'm telling you, they got to get rid of Glaber, Aaron Hicks, Dollarson, and kind of for left and let the kids play and go out and make some moves. And they got to re-sign Penn and Tendi, and they got to make sure DJ LeMay, who is healthy. And then maybe they have a shot. I do think I do think they're gonna yeah I do think they're gonna be bringing the kids up and thank you for the call uh, Stewart as always we appreciate checking in now you're right we had talked about it Stewart and I that if the Yankees lost Judge Stewart would go back to the Mets and I do believe that's a realistic possibility here now we're gonna find out there is a good chance it's you know rare that the Mets and Yankees would both have a free agent at the level of DeGrom and Judge at the same time hitting the open market and that both are legitimate possibilities to leave. There is a good chance Aaron Judge gets a better offer elsewhere. There is a good chance Jacob DeGrom doesn't want to be in New York anymore. And I was saying this earlier too that a part of me, and I get how valuable Judge is to the Yankees in particular, but if we're talking about you know 350, 375, some ridiculous amount of money, the Yankees might be better off letting him go, assuming that if they did sign him, they weren't going to be able to do anything else. Now, if you tell me this is the old Yankees and, well, yeah, we're going to have Judge back for sure, and then they're going to try to upgrade their team and go out there and spend. That's a different story. But if you tell me that there are limitations and it's either judge or, you know, it's either judge and nothing else, or if they let judge go, then they can build out the rest of the team. I mean, I'd be tempted to say, you know what? I'd rather build out the rest of the team than invest all this in one player with those restrictions. Obviously, if there are no restrictions, judge is one of the best players in baseball. You bring, If not the best player in baseball, you bring him back. And you fill out the rest of the roster. You worry about that, you know, however you're going to get that done or wherever you want in, you go do that. You bring Judge back. You don't even worry about the eight years or whatever it may be being a problem because you have the money. And with DeGrom, same thing where the the Mets may not want to go over that extra level of tax luxury tax threshold. And if that's the case, it's going to be either DeGrom or building a better lineup, which I think they need. They need a better lineup. So it can't be DeGrom and Trey Turner and Nimmo or whatever. I don't know if it could even be DeGrom and Turner. Forget Nimmo. Let Nimmo go sign Trey Turner and bring back DeGrom. Now, if they could do that, I'm all for that. Then fill out the bullpen however you'd like. Fill out the rotation however you'd like. But those... I'm. Right now, I'm in the mode of superstar. That's what I want to get. Get the best. 
Not, uh, we could get like three or four of these guys. No, go get the best. In other words, if the Yankees let Aaron Judge go, they can sign Trey Turner and multiple other guys. But I'm, I'm not talking about just quantity. I'm talking about quality and quantity. Well, let's say the Yankees can turn Judge into Trey Turner and Carlos Rodon. Or Rodon, however the hell you say it. Don't know. The lefty with the Giants. Would I mean, you're talking about two potential All-Stars in replace of one mega superstar. I get it. And plus, maybe they could even go well, you know, more. Maybe they add another player. You get the point. If there are no restrictions for the Mets or the Yankees, then I think they need to go and get Judge back and DeGrom back, respectively. But if there are restrictions and it's either or, each team might be better off, and specifically, more specifically, the Mets, they might be better off letting DeGrom go because the Mets need help in that lineup. The Yankees feel like they're going to run it back regardless. And there is no really one area in particular that is in need. It's just they got to get better in the postseason. I mean, they're going to upgrade at shortstop. I would assume Peraza is going to be the shortstop next year uh, by the looks of it defensively. Who knows how he could take that next step offensively. Maybe re-sign Ben Attendee, bring back Rizzo, bring back Judge, potentially move Glaber Torres. I, I don't know. they, they got to figure something out to change at least a little bit. And then they think they're close. They just got to get healthy. Full year of Harrison Bader in center. Who knows? Eric is calling from Ron Conkama. What's up, Eric? Hey, good morning, Sal. I'm, I'm thinking Stewart didn't hear your mention of the Orioles in that little, uh, uh, you know, uh, switching back there. Uh, <laughs> you know, because, you, you know, you said you said Mets, switch back to the Mets or the Orioles. I don't think he heard the Oriole part, but. Uh, yeah, maybe not. I mean, we talked about going back to the Mets if they don't sign Judge, but who knows? Right, right. So, um uh, before I get to Degrom, uh, did you hear you were getting some love on uh, Carton and Roberts yesterday? No, for what? <clears throat> uh, well, there's, uh, a caller had called in saying that he had, you know, predicted the Jets winning. So the, you know, Craig initially figured he was the only one who predicted that, and and people started calling in saying that, uh, you know, one of the regular uh, hosts, you know, also predicted it. So they played a little. Um, multiple choice to try to figure out who it was, and, and uh, they realized it was you. So, <laughs> I did not yeah. hear that. I will go back and listen. Do you know what time that took place? Uh, yes, I believe it was the uh, like right around 5 o'clock-ish. I heard, uh, because I heard Craig, I don't know if it was the open of their show, I heard a little bit of Craig yeah. and Evan as I was driving to SNY, and... They were they were getting on Craig Evan and I guess it was C Mac were, were getting on Craig because they were saying he said that they had no shot the Jets had no shot they were going to lose to the Bills why even bother watching right. the game so they were having fun with that so I did not pick it up uh, after that but if I were yeah, getting I, props yeah, I appreciate it I, I believe it was uh, literally right around the five o'clock hour maybe a couple minutes before uh, over there so uh, you know just uh, for a timestamp there. Um, Look, you know, you, you touched on it with, with Degrom. I mean, this, this is where I'm confused. And you know, they, they were saying for quite a while how it, it appeared he didn't like it in New York. Um, you know, that was really mainly the main reason why he wasn't going to uh, he was going to opt out and whatever the reason. And then all of a sudden, the last couple of weeks, you hear from Wheeler 
and most recently from Canada. Oh, he likes it here. He wants to stay. Uh, you know, that, that kind of rhetoric. It's like, okay, well, so then what's the, what's the real story? Because, you know, I'm wondering, oh, well, did maybe somebody, you know, whisper in his ear, like, well, dude, you know, you only had, I mean, aside from the game that we all went to, which was a phenomenal game, his first game back, I mean, he, he's been, I wouldn't say subpar, but he's been a, a little, little bit better than average for, you know, maybe the last year, you know, or whatever, because he's been hurt for the most part of it. So I was wondering if maybe, uh, you know, thinking maybe someone got into his ear thinking, you know, don't, uh, uh, don't don't overblow your chances given you know, recent history. But you know, but at the same time, I don't, I don't know which way to look at this thing. I mean, look, I, I well, love well, the, let's just right look, the beginning. Look, look at the facts. Look at what Andy yeah. said today on Baseball Night in New York. He I, said, I saw that, yes. Well, okay, yeah. so he said the Mets are prepared. The Mets are interested in bringing Degrom back. They are prepared right. to make a substantial offer. They haven't heard from Degrom. So you right, do the math. Is, right. Forget anything that's been said before about me saying, oh, I've heard some stuff, he doesn't want to be here, or whatever the rumors may yeah. be, or that he wants to go to Atlanta that's been reported, you know, dating back to earlier in the year. Forget about all that right. stuff. Right now, if the latest is, and honestly, I was surprised to hear that, if the latest is the Mets are prepared to make him a substantial offer, but they have not heard from him, what does that tell you, at least right now? Yeah, right. Well, it leads you to think he's going to leave. So. Correct. It leads you to think at least he yeah. doesn't want to be here or it's not a priority. Right. If you wanted to be right. here, wouldn't you like Edwin Diaz? You know the Mets have the money. So if it were just about the money, wouldn't DeGrom and his camp say, hey, we want to be here. This is what we're looking at. Five years, whatever right. it is, five years, $220 million, whatever ridiculous number it may be. And then the Mets can say, okay, we were thinking more five years, $200 million. And again, I'm just throwing out these numbers. I don't know if that's right. going to be accurate or not. But there would be a negotiating point. Right now, the Mets are prepared to make a substantial offer. The player doesn't, he hasn't reached out to them and let them know, which means I would yeah. think he's, he is leaning toward leaving. Right, right. Yeah, it's just, you know. I, I know a lot of people are wishy-washy about him. I, I, I've always liked him right from the very beginning. You know, he, he fell under the radar when all of these other pitchers were in the mix. You know, I just and, – and maybe the fact that he was kind of under the radar and quiet and whatever, even though he had the, you know, the, the hair like Syndergaard and all that stuff, I, you know, I, I liked the way he went about things. But I don't know. I just – I would – me personally, I'd love to see him come back. I, I just hope it doesn't become one of those uh, things where you find out later on that there's other things going on. It's just, I, I don't know. I, I I don't want to spoil the image in my mind, if you know what I mean. So. I get it, and thank you for the call, Eric, as always. I get it. I mean, and that's why I think fans don't like the reality sometimes of some of the stuff that they hear from the media. And they'll be like, oh, Andy Martino, he's just so negative. And meanwhile, he's just reporting facts. And, you know, then I could come on and say, oh, well, I've heard certain things from multiple people that DeGrom doesn't like it. Oh, well, what the hell? Do, you, don't, you don't know what you're talking about. Look at what Candace said. I don't, I don't know. All I could say is what I've heard and then do the math on common sense. And if the Mets are willing to get a deal or if they were willing to get a deal done with Edwin Diaz, Diaz could have very easily waited the five days, hit the open market, and checked out what other offers were out there. He did not because it was very clear from the get-go that Diaz wanted to be back 
with the Mets. He and his wife had dinner with Steve Cohen and his wife. They talked about mutual interest. Cohen and the Mets obviously liked the player. The player liked being here. They wanted to come to an agreement. And it wasn't like the Mets got him on the cheap. The Mets paid him the richest contract in history for a reliever. So if they're willing to do that for Diaz, don't you think they'd be willing to do similar for Jacob deGrom? And if they are reportedly ready to make a substantial offer for deGrom, what's the holdup? It's not the Mets. It's DeGrom. If the Mets are saying, oh, you know, we don't know. The guy's always hurt. You know, if he wants a beer, eh, we'll take him back, but we'd only take him back at, you know, $100 million for the next three years. Whatever. I, I, you know, that's not the case. The word, I believe, if my memory serves correct, was the Mets are prepared to make a substantial offer, and they have not heard from Jacob DeGrom yet. They don't know where he's at in this process, what he wants exactly. They're left thinking just the way we are. Does he want to go to Atlanta? Does he want to go to Texas? Does he want more money? What, what's what's the, the, the motivation here? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Now we've got it back on the Fan, 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry. You guys see this Adam Schefter. Now, I did not watch any of the Monday Night Football game last night. I was watching the basketball a little bit. Actually, I've been watching the show with my wife, The Watcher, on... Is it on Netflix? I think it's on Netflix. Um, The Watcher, and it's got our interest, so we've been kind of binging on that. Uh, Got one episode to go. Anyway, I I did see the Adam Schefter post that's making its way virally around uh, social media where Schefter took his shirt off and tried to um, you know, do what Kirk Cousins did or honor Kirk Cousins where Cousins had that shirtless celebration after the Vikings win. I mean, I, I think this stuff is so stupid. Plus, like Schefter, Adam Schefter is not even a Vikings fan. Like at least if maybe a Vikings fan did that and had the shirt off celebration and wanted to go on TV shirtless and have the necklace on and do that, that I think would be cool. But from Adam Schefter, I mean, I don't know. Did you see this, Fleegs, with Schefter doing this stupid uh, shirtless thing like Kirk Cousins? I, I just don't get it. I didn't see the video. I saw a screenshot of it on Twitter and a description of what happened and said, you know what? I'm glad I didn't have ESPN on when that was going on. I mean, they do. They, and like, always who needs that? What does that tell us about a football game? Like, what is like, that? And, 
Yeah, nothing. And they're always doing, anytime I have it on, I always see them goofing around, doing some silly stuff. It's like, I got news for you. you you're, you're making it like people actually care about what you're doing. It's not about you. It's about the game. Like, nobody should care if Adam Schefter was getting shirtless to, you know, mock or, or whatever, uh, joke about being like Kirk Cousins. I, I just find the whole thing stupid. It, There's also no way it was funny. Like, Adam Schefter's not funny. You want to tell me someone like Geo or Craig is doing a bit for comedy? Well, those guys are funny. Like, they can pull it off. Adam Schefter, we've known him long enough, well over a decade, to know that Adam Schefter is not funny. Well, you know, it's funny you bring up Gio because I was thinking, as you heard me say, you know, if a Viking fan were to do it, uh, then maybe I could think it would be funny and maybe get behind it. And, you know, of course, Gio is a known Viking fan. Uh, maybe Boomer could get him to replicate the Kirk Cousins celebration at least one of these weeks, if not this week, you know, because Schefter's doing it. Anyway, the it's just so silly. Even the... And I'm not trying to pick on these pregame shows. I really couldn't care less. I tell you the truth. I, I've got way more pressing issues in my life. Like, I'm worried about trying to get out of going to my wife's friends this weekend. You think I give a crap about what Adam Schefter's doing on Monday Night Football or what they're doing on the Fox pregame show? But the same thing with Kurt Menefee when they're going to the halftime. It's like for two years now, it's, it's like these comedic bits it's like, dude, just get to the game. Tell me what you're going to be talking about at halftime. Nobody cares anyway, because as soon as this clock hits zero at the half, I'm going upstairs and going to the bathroom and getting some food. And when I come back down, I want to see some football. I don't want to see this stupid, silly pregame stuff or halftime stuff. So the the every time they're, oh, coming up at half, we'll do this. And it's like some kind of stupid written joke. And it's like, oh, my God. I, I, you, you could tell that whoever's coming up with it, it's like, Man, we, we got 17 more of these to go. You know who doesn't stoop to that level? Who? The NFL Today with Boomer Esiason. Yeah, I, that's the Like, that's seriously, the though, you have, on James Brown, I don't know if you saw it. I did watch it on Sunday. There, you know, James Brown is giving you a very poignant, like, two-minute speech on, you know, uh, hate and anti-Semitism and right. racism and just all that stuff and how bad it is. It's a really powerful, moving message. Two minutes, and they also preview the football game seriously. And then on ESPN, you have Adam Schefter taking his shirt off. There's a different feel. You're right, Fleek. There's a different feel to the CBS one. And it's always felt like that to me. And yeah, I'm an NFC guy. Yeah, right. It is. It is professional. I think Nate does an excellent job. I love Phil. Obviously, Boomer. JB, you mentioned. You know, Cower can be entertaining. The Fox guys, I don't know. First of all, it's, you know, old news now. With They need to freshen up that crew a little bit. Bradshaw and Jimmy Johnson, whatever. I don't want to get into the whole thing, but it just drives me nuts. The Kurt Menefee thing, and it's not Menefee's fault. They're telling him to do this stuff. It drives me nuts. Oh, come on. Let's come up with a creative way to tease what's coming up during the halftime show. Oh, my God. Well, you're running out of ideas, clearly. Because really, I mean, there hasn't been a week where I've seen something that has said, oh, that was clever or funny. It just feels forced and fake and unfunny. 877 877- Three three seven sixty six sixty six. Frank is calling from East Islip. What's up, Frank? Morning, Sal. J E T S. Jets. 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 How about those Jets, Frank? Sal, a couple of quick points if I can. I was at the game on Sunday. My wife had gotten me uh, tickets for my fiftieth birthday back in September, and boy, oh boy, what a game to go to. Let me tell you. But the disconcerting thing, I'm telling you, as a Jet fan, it had to be sixty forty Bills fans. I'm telling you, that stadium 
we were the minority in that stadium on Sunday. Yeah, but what do, you, was, what do you expect? 10-point or whatever, 11-point underdogs, you know, coming off of that Patriots loss. The Jets need to earn back the trust of the fan base, and that's something that, you know, they're working their way to. I know it's disappointing, but, you know, the Bills fans right now are flying high. Their team's arguably the best team, maybe not even arguably, the best team in the NFL. I agree. I agree. And the Bills fans were great in the parking lot, razzing everybody. I had one guy that was tailgating next to us. He's like, you'll be out in the first half, 31 nothing." I said, I'm coming back at the end of the game, and I'm going to find you. And but he stood up, and he took it at the end of the game. It was all good. Uh, two quick points. Uh, Zach Wilson did what he had to do. Uh, I'm not concerned about Zach. He made big plays when he had to. Fourth and one, hits the tight end, hits Mims on the third down. Um, uh Running game is fabulous. They need to run the ball. He'll make make the plays. He stepped up in the pocket this week. He wasn't backpedaling, twirling around, and getting crazy. He played a much, much better game. And number two, the officials got to start treating this team like one of the elite teams in the NFL. I'm sick and tired of these guys thinking that it's not penalties on the sidelines. Wilson with a helmet-to-helmet hit. You cannot tell me that wasn't a helmet-to-helmet hit on the sideline. They got to throw the flag there. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I don't think anybody's out to get the Jets, Frank. I mean, you want to talk about that play should have been a penalty. Wilson did get hit hard. It was helmet to helmet. He was a runner at that point, but still, it was a rough hit. I think it could have gone either way. It didn't go in favor of the Jets, but that final call did. I mean, now if you were calling and to complain about a play that was, let's say that that penalty was called there and put the Bills in field goal range on that pass interference. That would be a different story, but it wasn't called. I don't think it should have been called either, but at least, you know, it's not like, oh, refs are out to screw the Jets. You know, sometimes they miss calls. Sometimes the calls that could go either way go your way. Sometimes they go the other way. I don't think that that was a a big deal. Benigno brought up a few points, you know, on his his show he does on Monday, Kiki and Jennings, and he's like, you know... it's not the Jets. They're not the three and twelve Jets. It's not the four and said whatever Jets. You know this team is a good team now. And not to be honest, Aaron Rodgers gets that call. Josh Allen gets that call on the sidelines. That's that's the point I'm making. And as far as the pass interference, oh, so but far, Zach Wilson's you know, not. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Josh Allen yet. I mean, maybe one day he will be, but he's not right now. I agree. I totally agree. I just and if you watch, you know, people saying that Sauce had a PI against against uh, uh, Gabe Davis, uh, it was hand-checking all the way down. I mean, at the very end of the play, you could see Gabe, you know, actually kind of pushed off first before, you know, he had his hands on the back of his jersey. So I guess, you know, no call was the call there. Yeah, exactly. They, they got the call right, and thank you for the call, Frank. I appreciate you checking in. That would have been horrific had that been called pass interference. It would have ruined the game, would have ruined the entire game. And we've seen that before where we invest, you know, three hours on top of potential money and whatever, you know, if you're betting, whatever side it may be, but you're investing three hours of your time, emotion, passion, energy, all that stuff in these games, and you go back and forth with it, grueling game, and all of a sudden you see it ruined by one stupid, horrific call. And I'm just happy that this was not that game. And yet we're still talking about it. It was not a penalty, it shouldn't have been a penalty, and it wasn't a penalty. End of story. Jets won. Move on. Now, you did mention Bills fans talking trash. Well, we had one of them call on Friday morning and talk some trash. And his name is Omar in Brooklyn. He was calling to talk about his Buffalo Bills. 
He was mocking me, saying, you know, like you said, the NLE, Sal, the Super Bowl is over. The Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. This is the year. It's all coming together. And I told him, well, I don't know, to his face or I, I don't know. Well, I spoke into the microphone and he heard it on his cell phone. And I said, the Jets are going to win this game. And when they do, I want to hear from you on Monday. And we didn't hear from Omar. And Omar, I know you're out there. And I know you're listening. Face the music. Time to pick up the phone. You know the number, 877-337-6666. I want to hear from Omar in Brooklyn. Let's not wait till the end of the week. Let's not let it sink in a little bit. And maybe you can move on. I want raw, uncut, upset and angry Omar. The embarrassment that your team suffered at the hands of the Jets. That's what I want to hear from Omar. After he came on and predicted the Bills were going to win the Super Bowl. Come on, Omar. Don't make me chase you now. I'll go find your number. I'll be calling you. Let's go. Argue about it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. is the number to call. Whatever it is you want to discuss this morning, the free agency with the Mets and the Yankees, Jets and the Giants. Giants back in action this weekend. They'll be at home taking on the Texans. Really two soft games or two, uh, I shouldn't say soft, two, two relatively easy games, two winnable games. Put it that way. Two games the Giants should go out there and win against the Texans in week 10 this coming Sunday and then the following week against the Lions, and really no excuse. Giants coming off a loss going into the bye week in Seattle. Tough game, tough place to play. Seattle has proven to be them uh, be a, a good team in the NFC West right now, leading that division. So they are solid. No shame in losing to them at this point, but the Giants have to go out there and take care of business. If they lose to either the Texans or the Lions, it would be a bad loss, and it would be bad because they have the Cowboys coming up on Thanksgiving Day, and you want to have a strong feeling going into that matchup. You want to feel good, and that's the thing with the Giants. It's so fragile because of the expectations coming into the season because we know they're not the most talented team in the league. Now, I do believe they are legitimately a playoff team in the NFC. I mean, look at the landscape in the NFC right now. The Rams stink. Cardinals, Don, I'm going from bottom to top here as we look at the NFC West. The Niners, I think, are going to be a playoff team, and they'll probably end up catching the Seahawks in the West, but then Seattle could be a playoff team. Nobody in the South outside of the division winner, whoever that may be, the Bucks or the Falcons, I think the Aints are done. Panthers clearly done. So you're going to get one team in the South, potentially two in the West. In the North, the Packers are awful. I mean, they've lost five straight games. Packers are 3-1. and one. They've lost five straight games to bad football teams. They're toast. Maybe the Bears can make a little bit of a run. And I only say that because Justin Fields has been playing out of his mind. But even they have lost two in a row. So clearly that's a Vikings division. And I don't know if you're getting anybody else out of there. That means the NFC East, you're going to get, in all likelihood, three playoff teams. But for the Giants, you want to feel good. I mean, right now... The division should not be, well, you know what? It's the Eagles. They're undefeated. It's going to be the Eagles. No. Giants still haven't played the Eagles yet. 
I wouldn't be conceding anything at this point. Everything is a possibility. And for that to be realistic, they have to go out there and win these next two weeks. Now, if they do that, you know, maybe Philadelphia loses a game here. But even so, the Giants, if they win these next two weeks, you're talking about eight and two going to that Dallas game where at best Dallas will be eight and two. At best, that will be a huge game. And I think that's the number one thing that you want not to have a little hiccup here in these next two weeks for the Giants. We'll see how Dable does coming off the bye. You would expect, though, Giants, I mean, look, they, they should be able to go out there and beat the Texans. Lions aren't a cupcake game, but that's a that's a, a very, very winnable game. And then you're looking at the division run after that. Cowboys, we mentioned. Commanders, Eagles, Commanders again. Another tough one at Minnesota. And they close out with the Colts and the Eagles. You know, we really didn't get into a lot with the Colts. A caller made me get into it earlier. But it just shows you. And this was a team that I was high on coming into the year because I loved the addition of Matt Ryan. I thought he was a perfect fit. Ryan clearly struggled to start, but they made a horrible decision. And I don't know if it was Ursay. I don't know if it was Reich. They made a horrible decision benching Matty Ice. And things have only gotten worse for the Colts since. Good for you, you losers. Ursay embarrassed himself. Then they so they fire Frank Reich to hire Jeff Saturday out of the broadcasting studio. A guy who's got no coaching experience. They have no idea who's going to call the plays. You would have been better off, you clown. You would have been better off letting Matt Ryan become the head coach. Or at the very least, let him call the plays. There's nobody on that staff that is more qualified to call plays right now than Matt Ryan himself. That's a fact. Now, that may not be saying much because there's nobody there that can call plays, but Matt Ryan knows what he's doing. You want to say his athletic ability is not where it used to be? I mean, it's understood. But the guy was a league MVP. You're going to hire Jeff Saturday to be a head coach? And if Saturday's first move is not, in fact, to reinstate Matt Ryan as a starting quarterback, then he's lost too. What an embarrassment the Colts are. And I can't, oh, I can't love it anymore. They did Matt Ryan dirty. They get what they deserve. Total failure of a season. Hector is calling from Washington Heights. Good morning, Hector. Good morning, brother. What's up, Hector? Well, I just finished going back and forth with Fleeks about this whole DeGrom thing. Like, I'm just fed up with this crap, man. Like, you know, it, it, to me it's funny because with, with Diaz, when it, when he said towards the end of the season how, you know, I hope the mess comes up to me quick because, you know, I like to stay, I like it or whatever. People take that wrong. Some people take that wrong. Like, oh, you know, if you don't, they don't pay him right away, he's going to leave. And I, I thought it was like the total opposite. I thought this is a guy that's showing like, yo, this is where I want to be. Let's not just waste any time. Like, if they come to me correct, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign, and obviously that's what happened. As opposed to Jacob, who uh, and now let me ask you, I'm a little confused as to what you said. When you said they don't know where he is, do you mean they don't know where he is mentally, or they don't know where he is? Period, and they can't communicate. They, they can't contact him. Oh no, I no, I think like mentally, like they don't know what he's thinking, what he wants exactly. They're basically waiting for an answer on, well, what's it going to take to get this deal done? Are you interested in coming back? That's the way that I took it. And to me, that, that, that's nothing. You know, Freak's like, ah, you know, he's so close to fear. You see, why not go get wine and dine? 
And that's fine, but you're going to tell me there's been no communication throughout the whole year, like nothing? Like, you see... Well, like that I don't know. That Remember, Billy Epler spoke... Like it. Billy Epler spoke after the Mets got bounced in the wild card round. Billy that's Epler right. spoke... Yeah, he said they, they knew... Well, exactly, he, he said they knew well, where he was, they had, there was communication, so what the heck has happened then? Right, he, he said they talked for a while after the game, we have a good feeling for what he wants, and he knows where we're at. That was immediately after, though, they got, they, they got eliminated. Now, they were going back over a month here, so I don't know... What has happened from then to to where we are now? But I'm just going based off of what Andy said on Baseball Night New York yesterday to well, me. Andy, well, that's the thing. That's your boy Andy not having no information, just throwing crap out there. No, no, no. Is... See, this is where you're. No, this is where you're wrong. Oh, right, right. I'm telling you. Oh, forget about he... it. Forget about it. I, I'm sorry I said that. I don't want to. I don't want you to start defending Martino. Well, it's not me defending Martino. I'm telling you that he – just trust me on this. This is you, you don't have to like him. Sometimes I don't like him, but it doesn't matter. You don't have to like him. I'm telling you for a fact he is a good reporter with good yeah. information. So he uh, said – he told – no, Hector, he, it, it's a fact. Okay, I'm not, okay, this, okay, this, okay, this okay, okay I want to do something else. Okay, okay, go ahead. Finish. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, no, all I was saying is that his information at the current moment, and he's somebody who speaks to agents, speaks to teams, multiple teams, is that the Mets are ready to make a substantial offer, and they don't know what DeGrom is thinking. So that's all we could go off of right now. Yeah, lately, when the Mets have made a move, he's been nowhere to be found. He has had no information. Like, whatever. I think the Mets feed him. I think these teams feed him stuff to throw everybody off. But it, it is what it is. But back to Jake. Like, I, so I have a hard time when I hear people talk about the contract, and he needs to be paid like shirts. Or, like, listen, Jake is good. I don't want to like that. I don't think Jake is good. Jake is great. He hasn't doesn't have the resume of Max Scherzer. And when he got his deal, it was a fair deal. Dude, you've been underpaid. You barely pitched throughout the life of that contract. So how have you been underpaid? How have you been done wrong? Like, I don't get that at all. So now we have the Mets have to give him $60 million a year? No. I thought I'd rather get rid of him. Honestly, like, I don't want him to come back just because they're throwing stupid money at him that eventually we're going to regret. Well, well forget, forget the contract that he signed. And you're right, he did sign it, but he also opted out of that contract now. So he's a free That's agent. He could, sign, he could sign for whatever he wants, wherever he wants. So the Mets have an opportunity to pay them whatever they think he's worth, and he could go see if he could get more if that's what he wants. But we don't even know, Hector, if most if the most money is what's motivating him here. Now, he's going to get more than the two years, $60 million or whatever it was that was left on his deal that he opted out of. He's going to get more than that. But how much more and how many years, how much per year, we don't know. That's still yet to be determined. Uh, you know, he could talk about Atlanta, and maybe Texas is the team that goes out there and opens up the pocketbook. But I don't think Atlanta was, was going to be able to offer more than the Mets. And really, nobody will be able to outbid the, Mets, uh, outbid the Mets if they want the player back. It's just a matter of if he wants to be there. And if he does, then the Mets, if they really want him, they'll give him the most money. No, that, that's true. I mean, I guess, I guess he's true. for me, I hate just the way these contracts are done and these opt-outs, like, how you get to opt out and get more money after two years where you've barely pitched and we gave you $30 million a year and everybody says, oh, yeah, he absolutely has to get more. Well, you're not even sure this dude can really pitch. And that, that, that's crazy to me. And listen, I'm with I you. So, all right, so let me, let's, let's just get down to it then. Would you sign him? Would Do you want him back, yes or no? 
Yeah, I mean, yes. At, at, at the right price, the right turn. Well, what's the I right price? Like All right, what, what's the right price? You're going to go to $40 million a year, $35 million a year? What are you going to give them? Are they going to hire me to be the GM of the Mets? I'm also going to do the contract right now myself. I mean, I don't no, know. No, but I'm just, I'm just well, you said what's the right price, so what's the right price? I mean, do you want okay, three, okay, okay, four okay, years? Okay. What was what was his? It was 33 he's getting per year right now? Is it right, 32? and Scherz is getting, what, 42? He's gonna he's 40. gonna want more than that. I, yeah, and just because I hate that I hate that because this guy signed. Now you have to get more. Well, you necessarily haven't performed at the level that you need to get more. Oh, because Scherz is on your team now. He has, but okay, let's play the stupid game. Ah, crap! I don't know. I I have to well, give you, him more. I have to give him more per year. I have to. He he's probably going to get Scherzer's, Scherzer's deal is for Scherzer's making a little over forty three million a year for three years. So Degrom roughly, let's say it's the same amount of money. Let's say it's forty five times five. And thank you for the call, Hector. We appreciate checking in. You're looking at roughly two hundred two hundred twenty five million for Degrom. Probably that's what he wants. Will he get that? I don't know. I would think odds are the Mets would be the team that would be willing to pay him the most. Who knows with Texas? Sometimes they throw out stupid money. I don't think it's about that right now. I think it's about what DeGrom wants. That's where we're at. You get the feeling you know Aaron Judge wants the most money and he's going to test the waters Thursday, 5 p.m.? We don't know what Jacob DeGrom wants. And we don't know where he's going to get it. Anyway, that does it for us. Be back again tomorrow at midnight. Thanks to Fleegs, as always, for all his help. For everybody who called and listened, we appreciate it. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry. That's coming up next. Sports Radio 1019 This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.